Are you tired of living a life that doesn't feel authentic to you? Do you want to break free and start living a more fulfilling and meaningful life? If so, welcome to the Breaking Free podcast. I'm Rania Kurdi, your host and a confidence life coach. My passion is helping ambitious individuals who feel marginalized by their culture, heritage or sexuality to live a life that is true to themselves. If you're ready to make a change and start living with greater authenticity, don't hesitate to reach out to me at raniakurdi.com. On this podcast, we'll dive deep into topics like personal growth, self-discovery, entrepreneurship and success. And I'll be joined by a variety of insightful guests who will share their own personal journeys and perspectives on how they learn to live life with more authenticity. I'm so excited to introduce my guest for today's episode, Michelle Molitor, who's the founder and CEO of Nectar Consulting, a nationally recognized speaker, certified executive coach, and co-author of the best-selling book, Breakthrough Healing. Her clients fondly call her the mind detective due to her ability to uncover and address underlying challenges. In our conversation, Michelle will share an incredible tool that enhances communication between work colleagues and romantic partners. I take the quiz and have my answers analysed and there's a special code for you too to try out for yourselves. Hi, Michelle. Lovely to connect with you all the way in California. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Rani. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. I'm really excited, actually, because I'm a confidence coach and that is your speciality. Yes. And I love that you said confidence is the key that gives you a distinctive edge. It's the subtle yet intangible difference that shows in all you do, how you speak and the presence you carry as a leader. And confidence translates into increased trust and greater collaboration, which directly impacts bottom line results for the people and their teams and their business. I love how you explained it. And as it's your speciality to release self-doubt and fears in, in people so that they can unleash their confidence, I'd love to know how, because you do it with all sorts of techniques, don't you? Yes, yes. I have a lot of tools in my toolbox. So um, I've been uh, coaching. I've been a professional coach now for, oh, Lord, 23 years. Um, and over that time, I've been a learning junkie and I've discovered all sorts of different tools and techniques and whatnot. Um, and about seven years ago, um, I uh, learned for myself uh, this modality called Rapid Transformational Therapy or RTT. Mm. And it's a unique form of hypnotherapy that allows me to get at and have a conversation with your subconscious mind. And so I saw the power of it for myself very quickly when it eliminated some limiting beliefs that had been plaguing me for decades in a matter of weeks. So I uh, incorporated it into my coaching work and I call it rapid rewiring. So we work at um, a conscious level and a subconscious level for whole brain transformation. Amazing. I understand how you can work with people with hypnosis face to face. Tell us a little bit about your book. How can you help them through the book? Um, so the Breakthrough Healing book is a, a, a combination of several different authors. Um, we're giving you, in it, we're giving you different um, tools and techniques to create 
healing um, using natural modalities. You know, big pharma has its place. And I know that the body is an amazing tool in and of itself and has a great healing capacity when you give it the right information. In there, you'll find six other authors in addition to myself who uh, share with you different ways to rewire your mind, heart, and spirit in a, in a really good way. You know, my work is, it's a, it's a combination of these various modalities because, you know, your conscious mind is only 10% of your brain. Your subconscious, unconscious mind is 90% of your brain. And everything that's ever happened to you is held in your unconscious mind. Yeah. And we put all this concentration on changing habits and things with our conscious mind. It's only 10%. It's crazy. Right. Right. And so it's all about accessing that other 90%. And it's really easy when you know how. And so um, I'm essentially um, your guide to helping you do that. And it's, it's different than your typical talk therapy, for example, because we are doing it at um, an alpha brainwave state, that half awake, half asleep place. So I actually do all my work over Zoom. So I work with folks all around the world. And um, mm-hmm. you're just listening to the sound of my voice that takes you into that relaxed yeah. state. And in that state, we're easily able to tap into your subconscious mind and ask it. Just you get the answers that you need simply by asking to identify the root causes of the the pain, the trauma, the limiting beliefs that we've held in our, not only in our subconscious mind, but also in our nervous system, right? Because those beliefs were put into place at some point in your life to keep you safe. So by identifying the root causes of it, then we can neutralize the emotional residue, as I call it, and then rebuild new neural pathways in your brain with new empowering beliefs, habits, and strategies for greater well-being, greater success, um, so many good things. Yeah, because so many of us, you know, created these protective mechanisms from a five-year-old point of view or a 10-year-old and we're still following them, not realizing that, you know, we, we could think differently about something now. We could make a different choice now. But the brain doesn't know that if we don't inform it and we don't rewire. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, our from the ages of zero to seven, our brains are just big sponges. So based on your environment, it just absorbs everything, all the energy, all the information, good, bad, and ugly is taken in and it just sticks there. And your amygdala, the fight, flight, or freeze mechanism in your brain decides, oh, this is safe. That's not safe. We have to be this way to stay safe. We have to be that way to not be safe. So all those decision points stick in there. Yeah. I like the way you call your amygdala, Amy. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, a client said that to me one day. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. I'm keeping that. She's like, okay. So yeah, I have a a little graphic of uh, Amy is the lizard lizard lady who lives in your limbic brain that Mm. is just uh, driving your bus and probably making you crazy far more often than you need to be. Yeah, I think it's really helpful to give your inner critic a name, your imposter a name, you know, all mm-hmm. all these so you don't feel like it's you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It gives you that mm. um outside perspective on self, right? 
there's the, you can think of it as the, the little me or the big me. <laughs> the little me is that the little one in you that is being run by those beliefs. And the, the big me is the version of you that is your higher self, your conscious self. What sort of things have you been surprised by with clients when you are doing therapy with them or hypnosis with them? Is it usually that they're making these decisions from the younger self and you're hearing about, you know, childhood trauma or childhood fears? Or are you sometimes completely surprised by some of the reasons? Oftentimes it does go back to childhood or early adulthood. Um, other times it, you know, it goes back just a couple of years. Um, I mean, my, my own story, I got bullied out of my corporate job. Right. And that created a massive case of imposter syndrome for mm. me. It, it destroyed my confidence. What little confidence I had was, was completely obliterated. And it, that's what led me to coaching and, and, and doing this work that I've been doing now for 23 years. But, um, and so sometimes it, it does go back or they link up, right? Um, I probably had a, a shaky foundation of com confidence to start with. But the, the interesting thing is how these beliefs that we hold about ourselves oftentimes end up manifesting as physical ailments in the body, like chronic IBS and in, in, uh, inflammatory bowel syndrome or chronic migraines, psoriasis, mm. back pain, depression, anxiety. And so the thing that has been beautiful and surprising for me is when people can see those root causes about those beliefs and they change them, yeah. their physicality, their physiology changes very quickly. Um, I had one client who suffered from IBS for 15 years. And when we uncovered the root cause, which was basically some verbal abuse from her father, who was her basketball coach when she was in high school, mm. it turned off. It literally just stopped bothering her. And so it's a matter of healing your mind to heal your body a lot of times. Yes. And I mean, they might not come in at all for that. Right. Not realizing that they can heal their body through changing right. know, their beliefs and their I mind. I mean, she came to me for anxiety. She's like, I have really strong mm -hmm. anxiety. Like, I don't like to go too far from the house because when I get anxious, then, oh, this IBS thing kicks up. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's look at that, shall we? She's like, yeah. And so it's all very connected, right? Um, our yeah. bodies are an amazing system <laughs> and we forget, we oftentimes yes. operate from, from the head up. Um, and so big part of my work is helping clients somatically getting reconnected to themselves, to their bodies and, um, taking better care of themselves, right? Whether it's self-care, diet, exercise, et cetera on top of what's the conversation that you're having with yourself? Um, are you being nice to you or are you being not very nice to you? We really don't realize how nasty we talk to ourselves until it's pointed out for you to notice it. So I remember the first time I started looking for it, you know, it was a shock. You go around thinking you love yourself until someone tells you about that and then you start listening to your thoughts. Um, 
and then you learn how to be kinder and you can see the difference. But otherwise, you just go along not knowing, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You just dirt, dirt, dirting along and <laughs> minding yeah. your own business until yeah. oftentimes um, I found that we we come to a critical juncture, right? A catalytic mm. moment in life where you're kind of shaken up to large, you know, small or large degrees. For me, getting bullied out of my job that was a that was a catalytic moment of. Right. I felt like I'd been thrown against a brick wall. Yeah. Um, other people, it it looks like cancer or heart attacks or, you know, a relationship that falls apart or the loss of a job in different ways. And it has you question yourself like, mm. am is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I getting it right? What do I really want? All those questions come to light. And some, you know, I think it used to be called, oh, you're having midlife crisis. I like to think of it as, no, you're actually having a spiritual awakening. Like your spirit, your higher self is going, hey, hey, excuse me, this is not for you. How about we look over here and try a different path? Yeah. It's saving you, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because if you just go uh, on years and years unaware, you're missing out on having a fulfilling life but if you have that scare it it gives you that awakening it does save you to then live absolutely. life absolutely i learned early on your greatest source of pain is your greatest source of power and purpose so mm. when you can take those catalytic moments in life and learn from them right underscore underscore and then turn that lesson into a gift that then you give back to others in the world, right? As your passion, as your purpose in the world, it makes a huge difference. And it, yeah. you know, makes life a lot more fun. So when life changed for you and you discovered coaching and RTT, has, has everything been smooth sailing or do you still feel you have challenges and sometimes you don't know how to deal with them? Or is it always under control now that you've got the tools? Because people you know, I think are confused by that. They think, oh, is that it then? You got the tools, you're all sorted. <laughs> oh gosh, no. I just giving a talk this morning and uh, I, you know, talking about this same stuff. I was like, we're never done. You know, yeah. it's an ever unfolding onion and you release a layer and you release a layer and you're like, oh, I feel great, right? And then you kind of plateau and then you expand. And you get the next one, bam. And then you get the next one, boom. I'm like, oh, dang, all right, let me let me figure this out. So the, the nice thing is, is because I have all of the tools, right? Mm. Um, I'm far more resilient than I used to be when I do get knocked down, right? Because we all get knocked down in life. Yeah, You know, the universe throws us curveballs out of left field that you're not expecting. But knowing how to handle those and how to pull yourself back up and out of the pit more quickly is very, very helpful. You know, on my coaching calls, when someone shows up and they're, you know, they got their, their knickers in a twist. Oh, do you say that in America as well? Uh, well, I have a lot of British friends. It's one of my favorite okay. things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we say um, over here, we might say, um, you got your panties and a wad. Um, but when that happens, like, okay, 
just sit in it, right? Get really in it, like get all up in that icky place and then be done with it. Like let it go. Yeah, I think that's the main difference that I feel or that I see in my clients is the speed of recovery. Yeah. So yes, you do get knocked down, but there's a speed of recovery because you understand and you get curious instead of blaming and thinking, why does this always happen to me? And there it's their fault and you get thrown down this rabbit hole that doesn't really help you at all. Correct. But when you have awareness, you're willing to be more curious and sit with it and it does go quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you're like Okay, well, I got thrown down this rabbit hole for a reason. What's down here? What is yeah. there for me to find? What do I need to excavate? And what can I let go of? Yeah. And you teach people to say no with grace and grit. I love working on no. That was the hardest thing for me to do. And sometimes I still find it hard. But I was like amazed that I had never thought about saying no politely you know like adding thank you for thinking of me but I'm sorry I can't I won't be able to rather than giving a million excuses or making up excuses and then that person thinking oh you really want to uh, but you can't so they'll help you out and say well we could get a babysitter or we could do that or <laughs> right. we could change the day and then you're stuck right yeah <laughs> no it, it truly it is an art especially for people who uh, tend to be people pleasers and over givers mm -hmm. right I just want everyone to feel okay I want everyone to be happy I want everybody to be peaceful so they do everything to to maintain the peace. To say no with grace and grit, you know, it it might sound something like this. Gosh, thank you so much for thinking of me. That's really kind of you. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say no at this time. But I know it's going to be great for you. So there's the acknowledgement. There's the no and then there's the cheering them on and whatever that next step is for them. Yeah. And do you find you have to practice these sentences with people? Sometimes, yes, especially with my extreme people-pleasing clients, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you just got to practice makes uh, not perfect because there's no such thing as perfection. Yeah. Just keep practicing until you get it in your body and your body goes, oh, yeah, this is normal because your brain likes what's familiar. Yeah. And if you spent your whole life bending over backwards, over giving and people pleasing, then of course saying no is going to feel unfamiliar. It's going to feel foreign to you. Mm. So the more you practice saying thank you, but no thank you, right? Yeah. Um, then your brain gets... Uh, more familiar with it and then it just becomes second nature and i find it can be harder in some cultures than others so you know some some cultures it's fine to be abrupt and just say no i don't like that i don't want to go there and then there's other cultures where my god it's shameful to say no to someone and and reject um an invite or or something so then it's really difficult yeah when you add in cultural nuances to it it does um it does get trickier for sure yes um as just being mindful of those different nuances and and being aware of who you're talking to and the impact that you're making in my world it's always about how can i leave people in a better space than when i found them 
Um, whether that's someone I'm working with or someone I'm meeting at a networking event or just, you know, a friend or a colleague, it's important to recognize that we all are energetic beings and our energy has an impact. So if you and I were to get together over coffee and I was in a really, really bad mood, you would sense it whether I said anything or not, because my energy would be in that low vibrational place, that err place. Um, and, and so whether you're working with clients one-on-one -on -one or you're working with folks on a team, managing your own energy and the impact of how you show up is super, super yeah. important. And you work on amplifying people's success by increasing their EQ. How, how do you do that? Can you explain that a bit? Yeah, so all of all of my work is around creating greater self-awareness, um, emotional intelligence. So when you better understand yourself, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what are your do's, what are your don'ts? How do I want to be treated? How don't I want to be treated? Um, that makes all the difference in the world. One of the tools that I love that it's it's a tool that I discovered called Dignify. And it's it's all based on the, the philosophy of how do we treat each other with greater dignity, knowing that we're each born with dignity, but we're not always treated with um, honor and respect around our dignity. So this tool, it's a simple online um, tool, it takes about 10 minutes. It's not a personality assessment. It's not like DISC or Myers-Briggs, or Strength Finders, for example. But it's a survey that measures your emotional response. So it comes from your gut, where you have no words typically, right? It comes from your emotional brain, and it, it identifies your emotional motivators and your top five dignity traits. These are the ways that, that I move through the world most authentically. Mm-hmm. And it also identifies your top three do's and don'ts. Do treat me this way and don't treat me that way. It's pretty simple. Wow. So this is like a, a better combo or it is the combo maybe of five languages of love and value systems. Yes. So instead of like looking at 25 values right. and choosing them, this actually asks you like it's from your gut. Because I've always done a values assessment from day one with all of my clients. And when I discovered this, it replaced it. Because not only does it identify your top five dignity traits, aka your values, right? Yeah. But it also identifies your inherent motivator. So it it's from a selection of 56. It's all based in a ton of science. Um, Joe Kettinger, the gentleman who invented it, he created it because he wanted to understand how to better communicate with his stepson because they were very different. And it's morphed into this online um, uh, software tool that a gives you this snapshot. It's a one-page snapshot of here's a roadmap on how to treat me with respect and dignity, mm -hmm. but it also gives you a way to have guided, logical conversations around our emotions with people you work with, people in your family, with your kids as uh, young as 12 years old. And it really helps give you insights into um, 
what's true for people, what motivates them from the inside out are intrinsic motivators. And when you use this in organizations, for example, we found that, you know, intrinsic motivation, it rates higher than money. Money is important. We all need money to, to live and fuel our lives, but we all want to feel seen and heard and valued for not what yeah there's a motivation behind the money right. isn't there it's uh for people to respect me or for me to feel free to make choices yeah there's something that's behind that it's not just for the sake yes, of yes absolutely and so um it's it's a super super powerful tool um and i really really loved sharing it with all of my clients and it also is a, a bridge for me to also take this work into organizations because now I have a, a tool that gives them a way to talk to each other, to see, yeah. let me see you for who you are, not just who I think you are or the title that you have or the work that you do, right? Two very different things. And then Understanding that helps lower stress, helps lower conflict, and increases collaboration and productivity um, and enables uh, thriving cultures within organizations. Definitely. When I, when I can see and understand your top five dignity traits, for example, and I know that there's the converse of those top five, there's five stressed versions of those traits then I know if I'm, say we're working together, right? I know if you're showing up in those stress traits versus the the five that I know to be authentically who you are, I can have greater compassion and kindness for you. Like, oh gosh, what's going on? Is there is there something I can support you with today versus what we typically do? Our brains go, oh, did I do something wrong? Did I, did I piss her off? Is it my fault? What happened? And we start making up stuff, right? We start making assumptions because you, you look sideways at me and I don't know what that look was about, right? So it helps take out, it, it helps remove assumptions from the equation of your communications. So they become more clear, they become uh, more collaborative and far more productive. Yeah. And Michelle, how do you identify are uh, self-doubt archetypes. There's archetypes for self-doubt? Yeah, so um, I've spent a lot of time and a lot of years researching self-doubt, trying to figure out how to overcome my own self-doubt and to help other people overcome theirs. And and so um, in that research, what I discovered there was essentially five faces of self-doubt. Um, originally, I was looking at it through the lens of imposter syndrome, but what I realized was the underbelly of imposter syndrome is actually this self-doubt. So um, I broke it down into these five archetypes, um, which I have uh, identified as the procrastinating perfectionist, the shapeshifter, mm -hmm. the reluctant resistor, the anxious avoider, and the fearful follower. And each one has its own unique set of characteristics. And similar to the five love languages, right? Mm. We often have more than one that is our predominant self-doubt archetype. So 
Um, I have a self-doubt archetype quiz that you can go through. It takes like three minutes to do. And um, it'll identify your, your top self-doubt archetype. And from there, you can start to notice, hmm, how is this showing up? How is this yeah. impacting my day-to-day life and my work? Oh, where can the listeners find that on your website? Yes, if you go to michellemolitor.com, um, and I'm sure you'll have the links in the show notes. Yes. Uh, they can go there and take it. I'll give you the, the the direct link for taking it as well. And yeah, it's uh, quick and easy and it'll give you some insights and you get a little self-doubt report back. Um, it's uh, pretty fascinating stuff. And I'm back with Michelle after taking my quiz on Dignify.com. Okay, so the results were... The results are in. I'm going to do a screen share with you just so you can see what I'm speaking to. Your listeners, of course, can't see this, but it'll give you a better understanding um, of how this is laid out. So the Dignify snapshot that you took, it gives you this one page snapshot as we call it and this is not an a personality assessment as we as we talked about it's uh it it looks at your emotional motivators so as you go through as you went through the questions you were you were selecting things based on your gut drivers right yeah and so based on the 56 total dignity traits that we've identified these are your top 5 right Great sense of humor, mm-hmm. creative, inspirational, good on stage, and watches people. That sounds so weird, but it's true. Yeah, um, I do like I do do like characterization and comedy sketches, so I do watch. People, I love it. It just sounds like I'm a weirdo. No, not at all. Yeah. But you're, what I'm hearing is you're telling me it's right on point. Yes. Yeah. Well, I chose them, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, the options that are there are really good because you might not think of them yourself. So that's what I found helpful. Exactly. And each of these definitions mm. underneath. So you rated great sense of humor as your number one dignity trait. And you identified it as connecting and feeling carefree through laughter. So yeah, you, and my sense is that you wrote that in. Is that correct? Yes. Right. Yeah. So there's actually when people go through it, there's a drop down. You can select from the ideas that are already there or you can type your own in. So if if one of my traits is sense of humor, how could my dignity be injured or disrespected if it's humor? Because if someone takes, let's say someone takes offense to your humor and then makes you wrong for it, right? Mm. That could be yes. seen or felt as a dignity violation or dignity, oh, right? Yeah. It's based- Yes, if they said, this is a serious meeting, you know, can you please not- Stop joking around. What are you doing? Yeah, don't take this seriously. That would be a real like dig yeah. to my dignity because it would be an effort from me to- uh connect and keep everyone kind of like you know happy and keep it light and then you'd be put down for it i see exactly exactly Mm. so each one of these is a facet of you and if you um and you can go into this back end you have the login 
and you can go see this for yourself, right? But you roll over each of these and it gives you a little bit more information. So it says here, no matter what the circumstances, Rania has a funny, has a funny observation that works perfectly to break the tension. See, just what you're talking about. People see her as someone who brings comic relief to uncomfortable situations. She always seems to think of something amusing to say, humorous one-liners and laughter come naturally. So each one of these gives you more information um, about what that means and what it means specifically for you. So it's, it's, a really great tool for self-discovery to go, yes, that is me. That is my authentic self mm. versus who I'm trying to be in a particular role, right? Mm. So if we we scroll down and we look at your motivational categories, what this tells me is that you are really good with people. You love people and you love connecting with people. You know, you can do some of the tasks, you're creative, you like leading, you're really good on stage, but people is where your heart is at. And the other thing that I love about this, which is what makes it really powerful when you're using it in relationship with other people, right? Whether it's your partner, your kids, or your colleagues at work, um, and this is something that I go into in the training of this is that each of these has, um, I call it the shadow side or a stressed behavior, mm. right? So for example, great, great sense of humor, the stressed side of that lands as mocking, mm. no, excuse me, ridiculing good on stage can be perceived as show off, mm. Creative can be perceived in a stressed trait as eccentric. Um, inspirational can be perceived as power hungry. And uh, watch people can be perceived as withdrawn or being a loner. Mm. If you're looking at this, let's say with your partner and your partner's having a really bad day. You can see these stress traits in someone and instead of like getting mad or angry or frustrated with them, you can find that place of compassion like, oh, wow, okay, they're really having a rough day. That's why they're showing up in this stressed way. Yeah. So it gives us a broader bandwidth of people's emotions and how to understand them mm. instead of jumping to assumptions and interpreting their behavior or non-action as something's wrong. I did something wrong. I'm like our head immediately goes to making up stuff, mm. right? That's just how we're wired, unfortunately. And so this tool gives us a way to dial down the assumption making and, and how to ask more curious questions, right? Yeah. So if you were showing up and a stressed sense, um, a stressed state with your um, great sense of humor, and I felt you were ridiculing me, right? That would ding my dignity, yeah, right? And I might want to come back like, with some fierce comment, but instead I can pause and I can step back and go, hmm, that's not who I know her to be authentically. She must be having a bad day. Maybe there's some support that I can offer instead. Instead of piling on to the bad day, 
I can lend a hand yeah. in some shape or form, right? So it gives people another option, so to speak, in, in how you communicate with other people. Mm. Now, this is my favorite part of the snapshot. It's supporting um, your dignity with your do's and your don'ts. Now, I don't know about you, but how often has anybody ever asked you in any particular situation, how do you want to be treated and how don't you want to be treated? Very rarely. But even if they did, you wouldn't know how to answer it because you've never actually thought about it yourself. You know, you might know what you dislike sometimes, but to actually um verbalize i like this and i like to be treated like this or i don't like this and i don't like to be treated like that isn't something you sort of journal about or write it down as bullet points so it's good to choose from the drop down and then see what your highest ones are and it gives clarity absolutely and so your dues are keep a positive attitude be real with me and find a way to make it fun your don'ts are don't talk down to me Don't tell me you can't change your behavior and don't be two-faced. And and what we found is that the people who are near and dear to us, they do our dues. They're treating us in those ways that we want to be treated. And the people who we are keeping at arm's length, who are annoying us and irritating us, oftentimes are doing the don'ts. That's true. They're They're stepping on your dignity in some way by violating these don'ts yeah so that's hugely illuminating for people who are working together or in relationship with each other right hugely illuminating and then i love the countries idea so the countries this is probably the closest thing to a personality assessment Mm. Um, There are four countries. There's fun country, control country, perfect country, and peace country. This is the place that you feel most at home in the language that you speak. Um, Just like you've heard, you know, there's different love languages. This is different than that and encompasses a lot more, but um, it really helps identify how you move through the world. Right. And each one of these has their own little video so you can get a lot more information about them. But as uh, with fun country as being your number one, it's all about opportunity and optimism and being positive, um, inspirational. See, your dignified behaviors are all very much fun country, Um, inspirational, great sense of humor, loves people. Right. And. The greatest need for fun country is approval for the way they act. The one of my favorite things is uh, like the coin phrase is when life gives you lemon, make lemonade. Like, how do you take a negative and turn it into a positive? How do you find the silver lining of something? Um, And so when speaking to someone um, who is fun country, right? I'm not fun country. I have a different language. Um, I would want to use conviction and energy in talking with you to meet you where you are, right? So yeah. it gives you any indicators and in how to speak into the listening of someone else by meeting them where they are. 
So this helps you do that and understanding um, how your behavior, my behavior impacts you because we're in different countries. So the more we understand each other's countries, the more we can find that middle ground so that we can collaborate and communicate more effectively. So there's a lot of really amazing depth to this tool beyond just a, here's an interesting bit of information about yourself. Love it. It's great. And so if anyone wants to try this, Michelle, do they go to Dignify the website? So people can go to Dignify.com and enter the code Nectar, N-E-C-T-A-R dash L as in Larry, 915. Fabulous. And I'll put that in the notes as well. So anyone who'd like to try this and find out more about themselves and their do's and don'ts and how they can interact better with people and ask for what they want and how they want to be treated. It's really fabulous. I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a game changer. I've learned so much, not only about myself, um, but about my colleagues that I work with. So lots of great stuff here. Um, it's a really powerful tool. And um, Joe Kettinger, who who developed it, he's been using it for 15 years in corporations all over the world. He developed it originally so he could learn how to talk mm. to his son better, his stepson. And he's like, but I got to make money with this. So how do I how do I use this as a way to foster better communication inside of organizations? And he's done a brilliant job with it. I'm uh, been thrilled to, um, you know, formed an alliance between our companies and um, we collaborate on on work and and together. Yeah, it's, it's been great. wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been really insightful. My sincere pleasure. Well, that wraps season three and I'll be back with a new season talking to more guests who I find inspirational. And remember... If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniakurdi.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today or find out how I can support you on your journey.